Welcome to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Your host is Ellen Morano. Today, along with her guest experts and co-hosts, Ellen will help contribute to your better life. This is done through the art and science of being happy. You can attract whatever you want in your life by having the right energy. By clearing your energy body, you help your physical body to better health. You'll learn breathing techniques, self-healing, meditation, and learn exercises that you can use today to help your own path to a better life. Now, here is Ellen Morano. Good morning, everyone. We're on our 22nd episode, and we have Lisa Bernie here. We'll talk about pets and animals. I know everybody has their buddies, furry buddies, and you would love to hear what Lisa will share about her experiences with pets, animals, horses, dog, cats, and she will even share her chicken pet, okay? So the title is Pets, Animals, They Are Great Energy Sensors. We'll share some story, but... Here's Lisa Bernie. She will share what her background is and how she got to loving these pets. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ellen. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Can you share your background or how did you get to this? Sure. uh, Uh, Passion to pets and pranic healing. Yes. So... My journey to doing pranic healing with animals has been a very circuitous one. I started out my professional career as a litigation attorney, and it was actually during that period of time that I discovered uh, what energy healing was. I had no idea what it was before. And it originally was a journey of self-healing because, you know, my body had gotten sick and I went to my Western medicine doctor for help, which is, you know, what I would automatically have done. Um, At that time, though, he was not able to offer me the tools that I needed for healing. So I needed to look outside of Western medicine, which for me at that time was a brand new thing. Uh, So I explored all sorts of different complementary modalities, including uh, a referral that I received to a pranic healer. And the interesting thing was, is that after about six sessions of working with this pranic healer, uh, the symptoms that my doctor said uh, I was just going to have to live with for the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. they started going away. And so my journey with pranic healing started with myself. As I learned pranic healing, uh, I began to apply it to other people in my family uh, Mm -hmm. and had great success at that. Uh, And then eventually one day, you know, my attention turned to my dog who had just come back from a dog walk and was limping a little bit. Uh, And I thought, wow, (laughs) maybe I could try some of this stuff on her. And I did some simplified pranic healing. And the next thing I knew, she was up walking around without a limp. So I knew that I was onto something. And that was just the beginning. That's a great experience. I remember that limping dog. So I, I somebody asked me for dog sitting. You know, I have no clue. I was just new here. So and the dog jumped over the fence and Starbucks called me. The dog is here. I said, Oh my God. And I saw the dog limping. Then I started doing it to the dog, the pranic healing, and the limping, you know, was gone. 
Mm. I was like, what a big relief that pranikili can help pets, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, wow, that's a great story. So how long have you been doing this? Well, I started um, studying pranic healing in 2006, and uh, I was actually interested in animals from a very young age. So it was only natural that it would transition into that area eventually. You know, I was the kid who always wanted to grow up and be a veterinarian, uh, mm-hmm. but I ended up being a lawyer instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've made sure to volunteer and uh offered this pranic healing services at a number of different animal uh, organizations uh, in the Portland area. Mm -hmm. That's a great story. Like, you know, the teachings always say that we go to our journey, some things are temporary until we get to the right path or the right direction. But it's just a matter of us listening to it and embracing and, you know, listening to our inner self or the higher self's direction. So have you heard about how these pets and animals are great energy sensors? That's been my experience working with animals is that they're not only um, sensitive to the energy in their um, in the people around them, but they also have a tendency to uh, absorb and internalize the, you know, both the positive and the negative emotions. Most of the time what I'm seeing are dogs and horses, especially uh, that have absorbed and internalized uh, people's stress, their trauma, their grief, which is one of the reasons why the first thing that we do in a session is cord cutting. Mm -hmm. Uh, because we understand that there is this very strong connection between the person and the animal and Mm -hmm. that the person's stress energy can really transfer to the animal. Um, I have a a personal story that I experienced one day Mm -hmm. uh, when I was waiting for, I was waiting with my horse in the arena waiting for a friend to drive by uh, with her trailer because we were going to go out on a trail ride together. Oh, so you're riding horses too? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. So I've had had a horse for the last 10 years, and I have Mm -hmm. learned a lot with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this particular situation, uh, I was waiting in the arena. He was just standing next to me, uh, and waiting for the trailer to show up. And as I'm waiting, you know, how our mind has a tendency to wander. Mm -hmm. So I started reflecting on all of the times that we've been doing trailer loading uh, and maybe he didn't trailer so well. You know, I started going down that, that spiral of, oh, I hope that doesn't happen or I hope this doesn't happen today. You know, recalling all of the situations Mm -hmm. that, uh, that we've had. And what I noticed was that after a few minutes of doing that, my horse started uh, acting up. He started uh, misbehaving. He was getting fussy. He was doing naughty things. Mm -hmm. And it really got my attention because I think this was the first time that it was like right in front of me. It's like the thoughts and the emotions that I was experiencing 
were being picked up by my horse who was standing right there. I wasn't saying anything, you know, I wasn't talking to anybody. I was just thinking these things and feeling these emotions. Wow, and that's he, right. And so what I did uh, immediately is I started, I shifted my thought stream to uh, what I wanted to have happen rather than uh, what I didn't want to happen and mm -hmm. focused and visualized the perfect trailer loading, what I wanted to have uh, the experience be going forward. And I did some quick pranic healing, just clearing out stress energy, making sure I was grounded, uh, you know, doing my breathing practice. And then again, within a few minutes, my horse's behavior changed. Uh, he calmed down. He was breathing deeply, his head and his eyes were relaxed, and it was the most amazing transformation just from the energy. Wow, that's amazing. Like maybe first the first part when you were you have some worries, maybe he thought the horse thought like, Wow, he's feeling anxious or whatever. So it's just like their communication, right? A form of communicating to the owner? Yeah, it's been my experience that energetically is their natural form of communication. I remember being in the herd of horses one time out in the field, and all of a sudden, one horse had an alert, and the whole herd, like, moved simultaneously with that mm -hmm. alert. It was like instantaneous communication. And at that moment, I felt this like panic in my solar plexus that I'm sure was part of the communication system that was going on within the herd. It was amazing. It was like instantaneous and everybody reacted at exactly at the same time. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I learned... I think I read some stories uh, during the tsunami in Thailand that before it happened, you know, maybe the, you know, like how the earth could have moved or rumbled during that process of the tsunami. The, they said the animals were all running uphill and, you know, nobody noticed it. I mean, for sure somebody had a reflection afterwards because they were able to tell the story. But the fact that that story came out, so they already felt. So they themselves, you know, went yes. uphill to save themselves. You know, I wish, but they don't have that in intellect yet. I wish they could grab people up the <laughs> hill, you know, to save Say, more hey. people. They're like, hey, ride right. my back. Or, and also in the Philippines years ago, there was an eight, seven or eight intensity earthquake. But before it happened, the dogs were growling and, Everybody was surprised. But for sure, you know, in the Philippines, there's so many spiritual healers, so many beliefs. So some must have understood it. And lucky for those who understood, they were able to prepare. But what if, you know, we know nothing? Right. So that's why even now when I hear dogs or any animals creeping, it's like, what's going on? But anyway, that was a great story. So... How did you get to your, I saw your Facebook, you have a chicken pet, or how did that, I saw the, it was interesting, I saw the, the chicken was lying down, and what did you do with the chicken? Yeah, this was a, a situation where this chicken, uh, who was one of the flock in my backyard, 
uh, was attacked that morning by a red-tailed hawk who lives in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And at the time of the attack, we were aware that it was happening and we uh, intervened. And that was probably what saved the chicken. But, you know, if you know anything about chickens, once they're out of their coop for the day, uh, they don't come back and they're not easy to catch until they come back at night. Mm. So it was really only that night when we were able to get our hands on her and uh, do an examination. And what we saw was that her entire back had been cut open by this hawk attack. Mm. And it had been open all day while she was out in the yard. Mm-hmm. So uh, her situation, we did as much first aid as we could, you know, ordinary first aid, yeah. physical mm-hmm. first aid. But we realized that it was kind of beyond the scope of our uh, expertise. Mm-hmm. And we called in a friend who uh, is a medical doctor, and he actually came and did the stitching of her back because mm-hmm. it was literally like a four or five inch Uh, opening. But it still remained that she had been out in the open, uh, exposed to all sorts of uh, microbes all day. Mm -hmm. And so for her situation, I focused on three protocols primarily. First, Mm -hmm. the trauma protocol to Mm -hmm. clear the uh, trauma of the hawk attack. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I did rapid healing of a fresh wound, and in her case, it was closed, so that Mm -hmm. was very, very helpful. And the third was the immune system strengthening protocol. Now, my experience with working on physical situations like this with animals is that it always, always helps to do the psychotherapy first. And so the trauma protocol uh, was the first thing I did And the immune system protocol was the primary one that I worked on to help her um, recover from any possible infections. That's an amazing story. Can you imagine, you know, some people might just like, might just like look at a chicken, a little, you know, creature, but doing those protocols on a chicken and recovered from that big wound is just so profound. And... The amazing thing was that her incision did not get red. She did not experience any infections. It was like a textbook healing. Um, And I didn't even use any antibiotics. I didn't have any antibiotics uh, for her. So this was completely just chronic healing. I love that story because, you know, looking at these little, they they look so gentle. Very fragile, right? Compared to a dog, compared to big animals. But yet you were able to perform those protocols. And those protocols, we use them for big time issues with humans. Yes, they're very powerful protocols. But the thing that I noticed working on the chicken was actually how different the energy feels in a chicken versus a cat versus a dog versus a horse. Uh, The shockers are very, very small in a chicken. Uh, And so using these powerful protocols uh, needed to be stepped down so that they were appropriate for a creature that size because she only weighs a few pounds, right? Yeah. So, okay, Lisa, when we come back, we'll listen to the uh, different vibrations or energies of different pets. 
Okay, let's. Okay. We'll be back after the break. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You probably don't spend too much time talking about that place down there. Why not? There's now a show where that's mostly what we talk about and so much more. It's the Womb Happy Hour with host Lorraine Giordano. It's all about your body and the magical power you possess. Guys, you might want to tune in too. There's no reason to be squeamish. Listen for the Womb Happy Hour, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Ellen at pranichealing.com. Now, back to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Here again is Ellen Morano. Okay, I can't get over with the chicken story. And Lisa said it's a role client, a role model client, because as I said, it's a very, very fragile creature for me to undergo stitches, to undergo those heavy protocols. We use those trauma protocols for humans who have undergone accidents or, you know, traumatic experiences. But using those protocols to this fragile little creature is so amazing. So, Lisa, you mentioned you will share different energies of different pets. Yes, the different different animals' energies feel different. And then even within the different animal kingdoms, the energies can feel different within each of those groups depending on the age and the size 
and the um, health of the animal, you know. So a chicken's energy is going to feel much more delicate than compared to a horse or even a pony, you know. So within the horse realm, uh, their energies tend to be bigger and stronger. Um, even within the dogs, uh, doing work on a chihuahua is going to be a different level of engagement as far as energizing that animal than uh, a Great Dane or a Pyrenees, you know. So mm -hmm. within each group, it's important to uh, tailor the the experience for not just that particular um, species, but that for that particular animal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's... Um Interesting because, you know, even the protocols in class, the teacher said, well, if the somebody would ask, is the specific protocol good for children? So the teacher would answer, what is the size of the children? Mm -hmm. So it's also true to animals. That's really a great, uh, a great um, tip for people or to listeners. If you want to practice sweeping or if you want to practice barnacling to your pets, or even any kind of nurturing, it should always match the uh, energy level of the specific pet, right? right. The condition and the quality. Uh, so for things like working on broken bones, uh, things like infection, mm -hmm. uh, the protocols that I use in the animal context are the same protocols as we use for people. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are actually animal-specific protocols that I've seen come through the different uh, databases like the Google groups. Uh, for example, there's protocols for mange. Uh, there's protocols for heartworm, uh, mm -hmm. parasitic worms in kittens, uh, equine coronavirus, uh, fleas, uh, Cushing's disease, you know, canine or equine. Mm -hmm. And so in those situations, I would use that specific animal protocol. And it's great that they're available because there are things like mange uh, that maybe doesn't have an exact uh, equivalent in the human world. What is a mange? Uh, it's a skin condition where the fur falls off. Ah. Yeah. Then, then in addition to that, there's actually uh, conditions that are specific to say like equine anatomy, like the hoof, uh, where things like disorders of the hoof, like a laminitis, there's no equivalent in people. Uh, so, and I haven't seen a protocol for that. And so when we're in that situation, I recommend, and what I do is I use the protocol, what to do if you're not sure and right. end up, you know, doing things like cleansing the blood or doing the inflammation uh, but specifically on the hoof, there's no correlation to, you know, a condition in the part of the body for a human. Yeah, that's really essential for animals because they're out there in the dirt, right? I mean, they could be susceptible to any, like, any kinds of things, like you said, the worms. I think that's the, the is that the usual uh, issue with pets out there? Worms, parasites? Well, you know, ticks are becoming more and more of an issue with the Lyme disease, mm -hmm. uh, conditions like that. Um, but what I really encourage people to do if they have animals in their lives is to really learn how to do scanning. 
You know, the protocol is, is helpful if we can get a match with either a diagnosis or with a, a condition that we have experience working with. But a lot of the times when I'm working with animals, there is no diagnosis. Uh, the vet can't figure it out. And so I really re recommend people becoming proficient in their scanning so that they can identify where the affected area is. Um, one cat that I worked on specifically, mm -hmm. uh, the owner had just adopted her from the local humane society and the cat uh, kept vomiting and was not eating. So the uh, owner took the cat back to the humane society and she was there for about eight days in their medical center. Then she got released back then still no resolution. So the owner took the cat to the vet three times. This is all within the first month of her owning this cat. And nobody could figure out what was going on. In fact, the vet thought she had some sort of incurable disease and just said, take her back to the Humane Society because nothing, you know, nothing good is going to come out of this. Wow. So with that background, uh, the pet owner comes to me and says, can you do anything? And really, when I did the scanning, only one or two chakras were out of balance. So from an energetic perspective, it was a pretty simple uh, assignment. And so we just did the balancing, did the cleansing, the energizing. And the next morning, uh, the cat woke up, bright, alert, responsive, uh, began to eat, no vomiting. And the owner was like, that was amazing. Nobody else could figure this out. You know, so sometimes not having a diagnosis gives us the freedom to go in and really pinpoint where the imbalance is and just zoom in on that area and correct that. And then amazing things can happen. Yeah, I mean, I just listening to it, the energetic hygiene pops into my mind again, because we've been talking about energetic hygiene since the beginning. So now... We emphasize that every day we have to clean ourselves, not only physical shower, at least we do salt shower. We meditate, we do self-healing, you know, if you learn pranic healing, the simple cleansing technique. Mm -hmm. And we also do that to our pets. So just with simple cleansing, it might help them, right? It absolutely can help them, you know. Uh, I, I do recommend to people who I work with to do cord cutting on their animals every day. Mm -hmm. uh, when I work with my horse, every time I go out and, to the barn and we do a ride, I'm doing not only cord cutting, but I'm doing a quick check-in on all of the chakras, uh, on all of the levels, and making sure that physically he's balanced, you know, mentally he's balanced and keyed in so that he can pay attention to what we're doing. If we're doing training, if we're doing a trail ride, I want him to pay attention to what's going on around him. Mm -hmm. And then emotionally, uh, those chakras need to be balanced and calm so that he's behaving properly and he's emotionally uh, available and engaged with what we're doing. And he's not going to be dramatic or he's not going to be overreacting to anything. So that's the prerequisite for my practice with my horse before I even get on him. I'm doing this all, you know, in the cross ties. He's all tuned up mm -hmm. before we step out and go for a ride. 
And I think there would be a lot more happy horse rider combinations if more people had this information and was able to do this for their horses and for themselves, right? Because the optimum experience, excuse me, for a horse and their rider is to have both both horse and person tuned up. Okay, so based on that, uh, owners or everybody needs to have a good emotional health, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what can you advise to owners? Because most of the times I encountered some clients were too much worries on the pets and they didn't know that that worry itself, that energy itself put weight on the present condition that pet has been undergoing, right? Yes. So what do you suggest to them? What's the first step when they see their pets not in good condition, not happy, or experiencing some physical condition? Should they look at themselves first? Well, that's always a helpful thing because of that energetic connection. So a little bit of education for them so that they can understand either intellectually what the back and forth relationship is between Mm -hmm. their energy and the animal's energy, Mm -hmm. or to even teach them scanning and take them through some hypotheticals of, you know, here's your energy, here's your animal's energy field when you're being neutral, here's Mm -hmm. what your your animal's energy field feels like when you're stressed and worrying about them. Uh, And here's what it feels like when you're focusing on your heart and you're showering them with love. Mm-hmm. Okay, three totally different energetic profiles that when the person can experience that that in their own hands mm-hmm. uh, and they can feel that energy difference, uh, I think that goes a long way to convincing them that yeah, this is this is real. This is something that they can control and have a, a direct effect in a positive way on their animal. Yeah, can you teach them how to scan? Just simple. Just anything simple technique or how to trigger sensitivity on the hands. You mean right now in the in this? Yeah, just, you know, we'll just hopefully they will get it. And if not, they email us or email you how to do it. Right. Very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So a simple way to start with the scanning uh, is to just place your hands palm up on your lap. And then we're going to take a a number of deep breaths in and out. And as you're breathing, just imagine or visualize that breath coming into your palm on the inhale and then out of your palm on the exhale. So we'll just do that a few times. Mm -hmm. So do the exhale and then inhale and then exhale. Inhale, exhale. And sometimes even just doing that first part of the exercise, people start to feel a little bit of awakening in their hands and maybe notice a little bit of energy flowing in and out of their palm chakras. Because we're really just activating the palm chakra. And the palm chakra is the energy center in the center of the palm. The yeah, I feel thing, it. I feel it now. Great. The, the next thing that we can do is 
Um, just some simple wrist rotations. So spinning the wrist one direction. You'll be doing this with both hands. And then rotating the other direction. And then opening and closing the fingers uh, quickly. So fingers stretching and then fist a couple times. And now we're going to take the, the thumb of one hand and just gently squeeze the palm of the other hand. And we're doing this with the intention of activating that palm chakra. Mm-hmm. So you're squeezing the palm, thinking activate, activate. And now we're going to just place the palms facing each other about 12 inches apart. And as you continue to breathe deeply, right, we're constantly breathing deeply during this practice, just very, very slowly with relaxed shoulders, soft elbows, uh, move the palms closer together and then further apart. And this is the part where I like to encourage people to adopt the role of the observer rather than, you know, the project manager that we all like to be in creating outcomes, because this is more about sort of stepping back and just listening and noticing, noticing, like, do you feel anything in the hand, in the arm, you know, and some people will feel tingling, uh, heat or coolness, uh, often people experience like pressure, like squeezing a balloon or pushing two magnets together. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of different ways that people can experience the energy. Uh, and it's, it's an individual thing. So there's no wrong experience of the energy. Sometimes it's just an intuitive awareness, like, okay, I feel it right there. Uh, I know it's right there, but I don't feel any corresponding physical thing and so as we develop this practice and this is something I recommend uh, people do just for a minute or two every day for about two weeks and then it becomes sort of an automatic second nature and you don't have to go through all this warm-up you just reach out with your hand towards the the animal that you want to scan whichever part of the animals energy field you're interested in uh, and then you'll get that feedback Uh, a really important time that I was able to use scanning was uh, a dog that I had some years ago who was a total chow hound I mean she would like eat anything anytime she showed up in the morning uh, and refused her breakfast and so that was like a big, big red flag. I knew something was wrong with her. Uh, so I decided to go ahead and scan and see what I could find. And it was really interesting. Of course, I was focusing on the digestive system because that was the first thing that came to mind. And so I started at her tail, uh, scanned the intestinal area, scanned Mid, mid-body, scanning the stomach area. Everything felt clear there, clear in the stomach. Uh, up to the uh, throat area, everything was feeling clear there. When I got to her mouth, I scanned in the various sections of the jaw. Uh, one area in the back of the jaw by the molar on one particular side mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of congestion there. And 
this dog got regular tune-ups. So I knew that that was something that was uh, recent because it hadn't been there before in her prior sessions. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I was able to zoom in and take a look on the physical level to see what I could see that was maybe contributing to her not eating. Yeah. And I looked around and I looked at the teeth, I looked at the tongue, I looked at the gums and I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of puzzling for me um, because I knew that's where the congestion was. I knew that's where the imbalance was. Everything else on her was clear. Uh-huh. So at that time, I decided, okay, I'm going to get a flashlight and an extra set of hands and do a much more thorough look and see what I could see. And what I ended up able to see was on the inside aspect of her molar, which you can imagine is pretty hard to see because it's way back there. Uh And she wasn't like being super cooperative. So it was a quick, it was a quick look. Uh, But I could see that there was a, a crack on that tooth. Wow. And so that was the reason why she refused her breakfast. Now, I can imagine a time before I knew any of this scanning and, you know, energy stuff, where mm-hmm. I would maybe have said, oh, she's not eating her breakfast. You know what? Let's just give her 24 hours and see if it resolves on its own. You know, and I think that that's a pretty typical thing that a lot of dog owners would say. It's like, well, let's mm-hmm. just see how it goes. Give her, give her a day. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if I had done that, that would have been 24 hours of potentially pain and suffering for her. Uh, that she didn't need to go through because I found it with the scanning. I was able to immediately schedule a vet appointment for her and get her in and get that tooth taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so the ability for me to be able to scan saved her a lot of pain and suffering. Wow, that's a very powerful tool. You know, even though scanning, you're you're guided to where to look into. Yes. Or solve the puzzle earlier than let the pet suffer 24 hours, right? Right, right. Wow, that's an amazing... Okay, we'll have a short break and we'll be back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Ellen at pranichealing.com. Now, back to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Here again is Ellen Morano. Thank you, Lisa. That was a great practice for scanning. So uh, to all the listeners, it's a good practice. It's safe. You don't use any anything. Just use your sensitivity. And her very good tip is be an observer. Don't be a result, like looking a product manager looking for results right away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, letting go. And that's really a good tip, Lisa. Be an observer because the more you let go, the more you feel. So, Lisa, any experiences in scanning? Yes, and I like the way that you talked about scanning as not requiring any special tools that you needed to bring along with you. Uh, It's very portable, and wherever you are, uh, whatever you're doing, uh, you always have the opportunity to scan something. Another situation that I used scanning was when I was actually at a horse show. I was volunteering at a horse show. And one of the riders, uh, right before her competition, uh, came up to her trainer and said, my horse, he's feeling off. Now, you know, for people who don't have experience with horses, the connection between a rider and their horse I mean, energetically is very intimate and we feel things that are going on in our horse's body, you know, in our horse's emotions as we're Mm -hmm. riding. And so this competitor uh, was noticing something off in her horse and she felt like it was in his gait, uh, in his legs, his movement, Mm -hmm. uh, but couldn't uh, isolate or identify where it was. So she went to her trainer for help. And so the trainer uh, took the horse, and typically what they do is they circle them one, they circle the horse one direction, they circle the horse the other direction, and they're looking visually for uh, clues or some sort of physical, visual sign in the mm-hmm. legs. But, you know, in, in this particular situation, the, the offness or that imbalance that the rider was feeling uh, was still only in the energetic level. It hadn't physicalized yet. It was that, it was still that uh, etheric. And so the trainer, you know, who had very good trained eyes, couldn't see what was wrong with the horse because they were just looking at the physical level. Mm. So, you know, from my perspective, uh, I could scan the energy of each of the horse's legs 
and scan the energy of each of the joints in each of those legs and mm -hmm. potentially scan the energy of the tendons and the ligaments if that was necessary. But what I found was that there was an imbalance in one particular leg, in one particular joint, the hock, and mm -hmm. that it was very easy to just rebalance that and the, the competitor could go back to their competition uh, riding on a horse that's completely balanced. Wow. Uh, and so that's the difference between working on the physical level and working on the energetic level. I mean, the trainer was a, an expert in, in her field, but it hadn't yet entered her realm of the physical uh, aspect of the horse yet. That's why they couldn't find it. That's why she couldn't find it, because uh -huh. it wasn't showing up physically. But that rider was so tuned into her horse, uh, she could feel that energetic imbalance, which I think is, t is typical of riders. I think uh, but so, yeah. yeah, they just you know need to have these tools so that they can address things while it's still on the energy level before it actually physicalizes and creates an even bigger problem, you know, yeah. because the energy is always quicker and easier to balance when it's still uh, in the etheric level rather than on the physical level. Yeah. Also, did you really touch the horse or did you do it remotely? Uh, no, there's no, there was no contact with the horse, right? Because prime healing is no touch. Uh -huh. uh, so it didn't require that. I mean, I was right there on the grounds. So uh, I, I was physically there in person with the horse. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's an amazing uh, technique with pranic healing because you don't have, it's a non-touch modality. And even though at a distance you could feel, you could scan, right? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So either distance scanning or in-person scanning. I just happened to be there in person. So, you know, that was the scanning that I was doing was in-person scanning. Wow, that's an amazing, you know, um, event. Like you're in the... Uh, arena or you're having is that a a contest what do they call that um yeah so there's a show types. is it a show there, yeah there's a, it's different type of horse shows either oh, okay. uh, you know jumping or dressage or some other type of uh organized competition right mm -hmm. but the the horses you know you want them to be at 100 percent or more mm -hmm. <laughs> of their ability yeah. and to do that they really need to have the the energy tuned up Wow, that's uh, but, amazing. But horses are sensitive and, and reflect this shifting in the energy uh, even during the session as I'm, I'm doing the work on them. Mm -hmm. So um, one horse I got to work with who had, it was another gait issue. So the horse mm -hmm. was walking in a way that it, his hind end looked like it was super stiff. So he wasn't uh, moving the way you would expect a horse to move. Mm -hmm. uh, and so without any other information, right, walking into this, you think it was uh, a physical issue, something structural, potentially mm -hmm. with some of the anatomy of the legs. Mm -hmm. But what I, what I discovered as I started with the scanning process, uh, you know, because there was no like official diagnosis that went with this condition. Uh-huh. And this owner had tried everything. I mean, she did acupuncture, chiropractic, heavy metal detox. I mean, she literally everything that she could try. Mm -hmm. uh, so I start doing the scanning. And what I find right around the withers, which is in the shoulder area uh, for the front legs, was this 
uh, emotional content that seemed to be affecting all of the energy centers going back from the shoulders down the legs. And in fact, the further we got back to the hind end and then down the legs, the worse the imbalance was. Mm -hmm. So when I first met this horse, he was super friendly. He was engaging. He was, you know, very personable, walking around, interacting with people. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I started the scanning and he just sort of, he was cooperative and stood there, but he was still looking at me and, you know, being engaged. Mm -hmm. As soon as I started clearing that emotional content that was stuck in the withers, uh, the change in his affect was so dramatic. He, he physically like withdrew into himself, his eyes sunk into his head, his, his face just went completely blank. Uh, he was motionless. I mean, he didn't even twitch mm -hmm. as I was doing this work, clearing this, basically it was the psychotherapy of clearing all of that emotional stuff mm -hmm. uh, out of his system. And when I was done with the, with the process, and these animals consistently have an amazing way of knowing exactly when I'm done with the session because I'll finish what I'm doing, I'll do my closing, uh, and it can oftentimes be a silent closing. Their eyes mm. will open, they'll look around. He opened his eyes, he re-engaged with me, uh, and then when we had him uh, move, he walked off and his hind end was totally fluid. I mean, there was no stiffness left. Where did that emotion come from? You know, the uh, current owner got this horse from somebody else. And, you know, as is very typical with dogs that get adopted, you know, rescue dogs or horses mm -hmm. that get bought and sold, they change owners. Uh, and mm -hmm. sometimes you know what their situation was beforehand. Sometimes you don't. Um, and we didn't know a lot about what had potentially happened to him uh, other than speculation about some rough training techniques. Uh -huh. uh, but regardless, the goal was to get that cleared out. And I mean, he was like night and day, but it was a really interesting experience watching him go within as this process was happening and then sort of whoosh, surface back out and be a completely different horse. Wow. That's an amazing story. Hmm. So, wow, time just flew by, Lisa. I wish we had more time <laughs> about your experiences. So, hopefully we have more shows with Lisa. And take notes, go back, listen to the show again. Take notes of what she, she thought about scanning and any more techniques. But if you want, tell them where can they get in touch with you. Yes, I have a, a number of websites. Um, the first one you could take a look at for horses is pranahorse.com. So that's P-R-A-N-A horse.com. And that will take you to the horse website. If you're looking for more general information on dogs and cats, uh, and also there's horses on that page, it's uh, pranic healing for animals. Uh, or it's also pranic healing for pets. You can uh -huh. go to either one of those. It'll take you to the same place. 
Wonderful. So thank you so much for your time. Those are very, very valuable information. You know how everybody loves their pets, but sometimes there's just missing link that they have to understand, right? There's a lot of information, uh, but the great news is that there's so much we can do to help them, whether, you know, they're experiencing fear and phobias or knee issues or, you know, gastric distress because of food poisoning or, you know, anything. There's a pranic healing process that can help. Wonderful. Especially the bee sting. Well, when oh. dogs walk around and they get stung by a bee. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they do that and their nose swells up and they look really funny. Uh, but yeah, just even just doing simple local sweeping on a bee sting will okay. be immensely helpful. Okay. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for your time, the input, and who knows, we have a part two of this. So email Lisa at, what's your email, Lisa? Uh, Lisa at pranichealing.com. Okay, Lisa at pranichealing.com or to me, Ellen at pranichealing.com. Visit the websites that Lisa mentioned and get more information. So continue listening to all the listeners. Thank you for your time. Thank you for paying attention and, you know, continue to learn more. Everybody, well, thank you, Ellen. It's welcome. been a great pleasure. Any message to the listeners, especially pet owners? You know, just practice scanning and tune in with your energy and you'll you'll get the information on what you need to do. Okay. So thank you again to all the listeners from different parts of the world. So far we have 18 countries right now with 20,000 listeners who have reached out to learn more. Thank you so much deep from our heart and see you again next week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Please join your host, Ella Morano, and her panel of guest experts again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a positive week.